1: Pray is a seven-session Bible study from Bible teachers Kelly Mentor, Jackie Hill-Perry, Jen Wilkin, Jennifer Rothschild, Jada Edwards, and Christy McClellan. Each week you'll study prayers in the Bible that will inspire your own, learning that God
0: welcomes all you have to say to Him—your praise, lament, thanksgiving, and intercession. Whether you choose to study When You Pray on your own or with a group, explore the When You Pray Journal, Tote, and Experience box to enhance your experience. Learn more at LifeWay.com slash when you pray.
1: Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast.
0: I am Elizabeth Heinmann and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey Kelly. Hey Elizabeth. Well, last week we got to start our little series that we're doing. Kind of really based on our new Bible study that's releasing called "When You Pray," and so last week we had Jen Wilkin and Jackie Hill Perry, and this week we get to have two um, two authors that we're super excited to get you you know for you to get to hear from. Although Elizabeth and I said we're just going to let them go because it's probably yes. they who knows what they're going to say. So Jada <laughs> Edwards and Kristen Mclellan, thank you for joining the Mark Podcast today. Absolutely. <laughs> how about we just start with, um, you know, you've both been on our podcast before, so we've heard a little bit about you, but give us an update. Jada, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to, what's going on in your life. Uh well,
2: we are fresh out of uh, an ice storm here in Texas, and so which has no bearing on the seasons or the month of the calendar, apparently, uh, but yeah, we were shut down for about six days, and so you know parental love is put to the test, but we are we're coming out of it, and so now we are kicking off spring. My husband and I lead a local church, and so that typically takes up most of my time. just started a new Bible study with our ladies at church on First Peter. Travel season is about to start, lifeway things and more. So, yeah, it's spring. Spring is sprung to me. It doesn't matter what the countess is. Like the the activity right. of spring is happening now. So, it's pretty cool.
0: It's awesome. Yeah.
3: Give it. Yeah, Christy. What about you, Christy? Yeah, Jada, that's well said. It makes me think of that line in the Chronicles of Narnia when Aslan's on the move, it's the signs of spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, coming, on so he's on the move. He's on the move. 2023. Uh, my word for this year is hope. Um, the mm. Hebrew word for hope is Tikvah. And um, it's, it's deep. It's textured. Like hope is something we grab with our hands. I get to go back to Israel in three weeks, which if I'm glowing, that's why. I <laughs> in three weeks back to the Holy Land, my, my soul is facing to the east. But working on my next Bible study with LifeWay, Luke in the land, We're going to actually film all of that teaching in the Holy Land this year. So that's a new adventure for me. I've never filmed in Israel. And so I'm studying and writing right now. So y'all pray for me. Writing just about knocks me out. I can talk all day long, but writing is a challenge. So I need the prayers, but very excited to bring the land and the gospel of Luke um, to women here and around the world. Chester's doing great. He turned 14 He's caught his second wind. He's doing <laughs> wonderful. We to take him on a walk after this. So yes, it's a sister. Sister. I'm very hopeful here at the beginning of 2023. I feel like my spirit is wide open to what the living God has to do.
2: That's good stuff. I, you know what? I'm glad you said writing because it, it makes me tired too. I'm working on my first trade book with Lifeway. And so oh, wow. uh, yet to be titled, but uh, been in the trenches on that. And you're, I'm the same way. I think it's gonna to be too long because I've been using dictation on my laptop. It's just so much easier for me to just yes. say it, than to get. And then I have to go back and edit. But,
3: oof, that writing, is something. Yeah. There's I can a certain people, people that are gifted for that. They put me yeah. in front of the computer and I'm like, nah. Uh, so. Just yeah. <laughs> just take my wisdom teeth instead
2: please.
0: <laughs> it, it's good for people to hear you all say that because I do think Ugh. that there's a lot of women who listen to this or men even that they think I'm going to write a book or I'm going to write a Bible study and then doing it is a lot harder when you sit in front of that computer and you're thinking, "Okay, I gotta get, I gotta get this down." Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well,
3: speaking of prayer, too, I feel like writing certainly puts me in a posture of prayer because I'm so aware of oh, my yeah. need. My need is great. So, mm-hmm.
1: well, speaking of writing, which session did each of you write for the When You Pray Bible Study, uh, Jada? We'll start with you. I was session five,
2: and it was on intercessory prayer. So we're super cool it was the Ephesians 314 through 21 and it was basically the the explanation or the introduction really to that particular pastoral prayer that Paul prays over the church at Ephesus which is actually the second prayer even though the letter is pretty short and I loved it because I've studied Ephesians. Um, many times, particularly those those closing verses in chapter three, and I don't think it ever really dawned on me the power of what he was saying, because he wasn't praying God's exceeding abundant power for himself, but for these people that he knew would need the power of God. And so um, I was on intercessory prayer, and it was really a rich time for me. It changed my own intercessory prayer life and you know if you're wondering intercessory is just a fancy word that means to intercede or to intervene on behalf of another and so i just i loved it i loved it loved it loved it and i just i really it really resonated with me that one of the most powerful compact verses if you know ephesians 3 20 you know now unto him like that is so conclusive is so uh, powerful that the intention of that was really for paul calling down the power of God so that it could show up in the lives of these believers who would now have to live really in a unity between Jews and Gentiles that they had never really lived in before. And so, you know, it's a whole thing. He's redefining their identity and them what they have in Ephesians 1, all the in hymns, you know, we've got inheritance and we've got a seat in heavenly places, we've got the riches of Jesus Christ, we've got all of these things and then in chapter 2 he's like and you've got this unity, like you're the mystery like no one could figure out how Jews and Gentiles would be together, you're it you're the mystery and you were dead in your sins and God's made you alive and he goes through these things and so he's about to call them to walk in a manner worthy which is what Ephesians 4 starts with and I'm sure they're overwhelmed with all this history, you know, this salvation story and how in the world am I going to do this? And he says, wait, there is one who's able. And so it's just a, it was a really powerful time for me to study it and to get to share it with, with the people.
3: Yeah.
0: Jade.
3: Oh, I was just like, yeah, I mean, I got to obviously be at the event when Jada taught that and it was so good. It was so good,
0: friend. Thank you for giving that to the world.
3: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah I, power, yeah, yeah I think about that power. Yeah I think about that power you know really kind of is inter- you know it's defined as dynamite right? You know it's mm-hmm. that yeah. explosive power yes. that we that we're um, through the spirit so so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I read that uh those verses
1: in my church this weekend actually and I just love the part I mean the whole The whole thing is very powerful, but where he talks about to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ Christ, to all generations, like forever and ever. So, like we are part of that prayer um, as well, and so I I love that. And it really and that leads us perfectly. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I just just shot your segue. Don't forget it though. But I want (laughs) to
2: say I really think it also. Gives us hope for the for the church, you know, where it is. The church has been struggling. Uh, she's been fragile and certainly fractured um, under a lot of attack. But when you when you look at something that powerful, and Paul is saying now, be, you know, to God be the glory in the church. Like he's like your individual life is great, but it is the church that God is going to do move through. You know, it is the church for which Jesus said the gates of. Hades will not overtake it. And so I think it's so powerful. It's so hopeful that um, in a day where religion is becoming highly individualistic and so customized that you can't figure out what the absolute truth is, that Jesus is still reminding us that his greatest glory is going to be manifested through his church. And so, yeah, when you said that, it just made me remember that little part of the statement.
1: Yeah, I think that's what's so powerful about it. And that leads really well into what Christy's session was about. So Christy, tell us what your session, what session you wrote for the study and what it was. Yeah. About. So
3: I was the caboose on this project. <laughs> uh, I was the, <laughs> the, closer. the final uh, session and mine was on Jesus's prayer and John 17 and specifically that part where he prays for the future generations who will one day believe in him And that's praying for you and me. And John 17 is a powerful chapter for me because it happens during the Last Supper. Jesus is literally with his disciples. It's the final calm before the chaos of everything. From here, they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus will be arrested, tried, convicted, crucified, buried three days, resurrected to new life. So it's like this calm, it's this whisper before it all goes down. And he knows it. The beginning of John 17 talks about, I'm sorry, the beginning of John 13, he knows that that the time has come. And I try to just envision Jesus at that final meal with them. He knows it's about to all go down. They don't see it coming necessarily. And so of all the things he could have prayed, like sometimes I try to ask myself, Christy, if you knew this was the last night you were going to be on this planet, who would you spend the time with and what words would you give them and what words would you pray to the living God? Because it's that type of a moment. It is weighty. It's freighted. Um, It means so much. Some of these final words and. I just love that even in that moment, historically, 2000 years ago, Jesus was thinking about you and me, and he was praying for us. It was a prayer for his disciples in that moment, and it's a prayer for us. And again, in that weighty, freighted last moment of calm before the chaos of all the things he could have prayed, he prays that we would be one, that we would be unified And I mean, we could talk all day long about that, but there's an ancient African proverb. I think Jada and I have talked about this before at at one of the events, but it goes like this. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I always say, I don't need to move fast through this world. I do want to go far. And that means I need to go with you. I need to link with my sisters and brothers in Christ, the church, as Jada was talking about, um, but it deeply encourages me It's some of that before the foundations of the world were ever even laid. The living God for all of our days and he promises his presence with us in it that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And what I think about, even just a quick throw to the Psalms, the Psalter talks about where there is unity, God's blessing can flow. So, man, if you want the blessing of the living God to flow in your life, seek unity. Seek to be one. And so how can we live in harmony? You know, how can I show up within my local church, within the greater church at large, my life way family, my friends, everybody, and just how can I be part of that oneness? How can I contribute to unity, contribute to oneness, contribute to shalom and harmony? And that's inviting the blessing of the Lord to come down. That fires me up.
0: That's so interesting that you mentioned that, Christy, because this morning in my prayer journal that's sitting right here, I was praying for my church and our church is going through a, a season of really just incredible unity and blessing. And God is doing some really incredible things. But I, I marked in there, I was like, God, I'm praying that you will preserve the unity of, of this, of our believers, because that would be the thing that would disrupt what is happening and so i'm so glad you said that because john 17 that really is that um so much of what he's saying and just the thought about the way that he prays for you and me even in that jada i want to go back to you for a second on when you think about intercession i'm thinking a lot of times people say will you pray will you pray for this will you pray for my this person the situation whatever which it's all good. So how do we sincerely pray for the people who ask us to pray for them? Like, I think it's really easy to go, I'm going to pray. And then we just kind of go on with life. So can you give us some tips maybe mm-hmm. on what how we can do that more? Do it better.
2: Yeah. Well, I think, um, well, one, when people ask that, I do push a little bit. I'm probably... <laughs> probably make somebody uncomfortable but I'm like for what 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 is on your heart that you think you're not able to go to God about right now or you want community to join in and so I feel like if you're bold enough to come ask me to pray or if we're friends then I, I need to know what I'm asking God for and so sometimes you get lost because they've been like oh discernment wisdom like these broad strokes and you're like we all need that every day what's the thing? And, and I found that when people share a little more, there's usually other scriptures that come to mind where I can encourage them in the moment, pray those back to the Lord. Um, but one of the things I started practicing actually when I was doing this study was just offering up to God the name of the person that I wanted to pray for. And It probably was a challenge for me because I'm a woman of words. I am verbose. I'm never short on words. And uh, it was a good challenge for me just to be silent before the Lord. I mean, literally would just sit before God and say, Christy, God, you know, I don't even know right now, but she's yours. And it was probably, I felt like as powerful for me to just have my mind focused on another person As it was to offer up specific words to the Lord, because bearing burdens, bearing one another's burdens, loving one another, praying for one another. I don't know that it's about uh, well articulated prayers. I think it's just about the letting that person take up space in your day or in your life for a moment as you go before the Lord. Um, I'm sure as powerful as Ephesians 3 is that that's not the only thing Paul said on behalf of the Church of Ephesus. I'm sure there's much more that he didn't write. Um, And I'm sure he thought about it because he wrote these letters. You hear the passion. Like I'm thinking about you. I'm constantly praying for you. And so I just, that was one of the things that really shifted my intercessory prayer life because um, I kind of like having the answer and knowing how to fix things. And so it took a lot of me out of that time with the Lord and just said, that I'm giving I'm giving some of my time with you, God, to this person, to these people, to whatever. And so I think just offering up, giving them space in your day, in your heart, in your prayer time is as meaningful. And very often the Lord would then tell me what I need to be praying for them or give me something to encourage them with um, when I just listened first and didn't have all the right words to say.
0: I think that's so good because I'm even thinking about, Paul and in his in in his writings and in his letters when he lists names of people it's not like he goes into this verbose and this and this and this he is he's just saying and I'm thinking about this person or this person so that's hey our listeners can do that that's awesome <laughs> you yes. can do it <laughs> and and the holy spirit knows yeah.
1: what those people need and i think that's always just a good um blanket prayer is just like do you know what they need, yeah. so you be in their lives in that way, however that may be right now, um, and just help them to uh, be glorify you in whatever yeah. they're doing. I think well, that's a, and
2: I'll say this, yeah. too, because I think about, and I love Christy's passage that she taught, and she did it. It was so practical, even though, obviously, it's a, a very holy, high prayer prayer. Um, but, you know, when she taught it, she talked about her real community. We got to see pictures picture of the people who are walking with her in the trenches. Sometimes I think we just, we, we get so elevated in what we think our spiritual disciplines and practices should look like that it's not doing anybody any practical good. <laughs> so I know that, you know, if I just at least say their name, you know, um, and again, so many times the Lord will speak to your heart what needs to be prayed for them, you know, And he'll say, you need to think you need to cover this or you need to offer up this or you need to remind her or him of this. So it just anyway, it just opens up communication, um, but still is a commitment to intercession. It's still saying I'm going before God on your behalf, um, whether or not I have the right script. So I love that.
1: Well, Chrissy, you did you talked about the prayer in john 17 which you mentioned it's at the last supper and you mentioned a little bit about the context of it um but how does your expertise in biblical culture and context bring insight into the way that jesus prayed in that moment or maybe also just the way he prayed in general because we know we have several prayers or times where it says jesus went away and prayed so Tell us a little bit more about that from the biblical cultural perspective.
3: Yeah, I mean, a few things I would say that just like come up in my heart when you ask the question is one, all prayer is vulnerability. Um, I, I don't know if y'all are good at asking people for what you need, but Christy's still learning how to do that. And, and you know, like if I go to Jada and I'm like, hey, Jada, man, I, I need your help. I might get there, but it's just somewhat hard. And that's saying something about me. It's saying nothing about Jada or anybody else. And so what I mean by all prayer is vulnerable is every time we courage up and pray to the living God, we're opening ourselves to his answer. Whether that's going to be yes, not right now, no, maybe, whatever. And so I would say that all prayer is vulnerability because everything we put before the living God, we are opening ourselves up to Him. And so, when I think about Jesus walking the Galilee two thousand years ago, preaching in their synagogues, casting out devils, healing the sick, and going away, the phrase is an etymos topos to solitary places to pray. I think about Jesus being vulnerable with his father, you know, in those times, like what did those prayers even sound like? How many times in his humanity was he like, Father, I'm tired. Father, there's so many people. There's so much need. We're so far from the Garden of Eden and all that we intended. And then I just envision the living God, His Father, strengthening him and meeting that vulnerability with a hopefulness, a hopeful. Rest- you are my son. With you, I am well pleased. Um, and so, stay in it. You know, just that 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 union and communion between the living God and Jesus. I think about that, and even that prayer at the Last Supper, because something that I often wonder. And this is just, Chrissy. I'm super imaginative. I'm an only child, so I've got an imagination that'll run for miles. But truly, if I could go back in a time machine to that Last Supper, to that pallet that they all would have been laying on to their left, the traditional Middle Eastern meal, I would have wanted to check Jesus's heartbeat, like his heart rate, because I wonder Mm -hmm. if it was already starting to race, because he knew It was about to all go down from there. They go to Gethsemane and it's about to go down. And so it feels like this calm moment. And sometimes I'm just like, man, I hope in those moments as he was praying the living God, that vulnerability that he was giving, that the Lord was just strengthening him, you know, for what was to come. And so I think like for me, it's just Christy, stay vulnerable just stay vulnerable and stay open so so stay vulnerable keep praying I think there's i think it's the exact same thing because you think about times in your life when you were praying for something and the living god wasn't bringing it through and then now you got feelings resentment starts to come in a hopelessness starts to come in because you're like I'm just wasting my time I'm wasting my breath but It's like in any relationship, you just got to stay in it. You got to keep talking, keep communicating, stay open, stay vulnerable. So I just think about some of those things when Jesus would go away to those solitary places and pray. And even in that moment, he's being vulnerable with his father and showing us the way.
0: It really does just show us that humanity of that Jesus was fully God and fully man. The feelings he had, the emotions he went through, what he was praying, um, so incredible. Well, okay, so we know that prayer and scripture go hand in hand. So, Jada, I'll start. I want to hear from both of you, but Jada, I'll start with you. How does God's word shape the way that you pray? Oh,
2: gosh, it's, it is my launching point. Quite honestly, I'm like, here's something I desire. It is, I want to communicate better with this person, or Lord, I want my friend to be healed, or I want to resolve this issue in my marriage, or parent my kids better. Then I start going, okay, how has He, what has God said to me about how to love in this situation? You know, what my faith should look like. And that my brain i just feel like the bible is so exhaustive and so relevant for everything i immediately am like what am i what truth am i anchoring in because there's been times where i've wanted something really bad and the the truth that comes to my spirit doesn't line up <laughs> god's like girl you can save your breath. That why that you know you know you don't need that. You know no one's going to be served by that but you. And so when I when I have desires which we all have and wants and things we want to work out a certain way, I I really love to pray scripture back to the Lord. I I just think there's is so much power in um, bringing back to God things He's already said. And and if you understand a little bit about study, you know, observation and interpretation. Well, the applications are endless, you know, and sometimes I'm praying simply Psalm 23. Lord, would you be this person's shepherd? Would you remind them they have no lack? Lord, they're in the presence of their enemies. Like those things to me give so much um, credence to my prayer. I Again, I'm a verbose person, so I will always have words. Uh, when it comes to prayer, um, I really try to think about how I can connect with what God has already said he would do, what he's already promised, what we always, already see examples of. Um, so it doesn't mean that I, you don't have those moments where you're just laying on your face and you're like, Lord, do it. <laughs> and that's all you got, you know. Um, but, um, but there are times... When I'm really wrestling with something or really have a burden for something, we had someone in our church recently whose teenage daughter was in a serious car accident and paralyzed from the neck down. And human, the human heart, the first thing you want, you just want healing, you want restoration, you want it to be fixed, you want it to be free. And my heart is, I want her to be healed, I want her to be better. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, God, if you want to heal her miraculously, you can do it. Um, but God, if you want to give grace with the thorn in place you can do it. God, if you want, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know. It just comes into my mind. I'm like, okay, God, here's all the ways that you've shown us how healing can happen here. Here's what our heart wants, but I know you're, you're going to do it in the best way possible. And so it just helps me to stay anchored so that I don't get lost in only what I want, without thinking about the evidence of how God has moved.
0: I don't know. That makes sense. That was a ramble. Oh, it totally makes sense. Christy, how do you, you, Christy, do you like pray scripture back or how, what's the practice been for you?
3: Yeah. the, The first thing that comes to my mind when I hear the question is the Psalms, the Psalter, you know, it was Eugene Peterson that talked about all of God's word or his words to us. But in the Psalms, he gave us words to give back to him. He gave us language. And so there are Psalms of lament, And, you know, Psalms of Thanksgiving, there's all of this, these different types of, of Psalms that we find. But, you know, the other thing about praying scripture is word seeks to be made flesh. You know, we use that phrase a lot about Jesus, but no, the word of God is looking to be made flesh in our lives. So we don't want to know the word of God. We want to embody the word of God. We want to take on the words of Jesus. We want to take on the words and we want to verb the word. We want the word of God to be made flesh in us in embodied form. Um, You know, faith for so many is what you believe, but biblical faith, Hebraic faith, Israelite faith, Jesus faith, it's a verb. It's how you live. And so when I think about Praying the scriptures, that's a way for me, for word to become flesh to me. Because the things that I pray, I pay attention to. Like, think about that. Like, when you spend time praying, whether for yourself or someone else, You start noticing that if I'm praying for my friend's marriage, when I'm over at their house for dinner, I'm aware I'm speaking to encourage, I'm seeking to speak into that thing that, that I'm praying about. So prayer makes us aware. And I think prayer makes us aware so that we can embody the word of God. We want to take on those words. And so that's why I'm back to prayer is vulnerability because, I mean, Jada and I, we can talk the paint off of a wall, like put it together and nobody else gets a word in. <laughs> you think about it, you don't waste yes. words in prayer. I mean, don't. I, you know, I bet you're not walking down the street praying. You can't remember what you said. Like prayer engages us. Prayer brings us to the moment. It puts us face to face with the living God. And those prayers, those words tend to stay with us. We start paying attention to it. So what better words to pay attention to than scripture? Yep. You know, the breath of God given to us in the Bible. So for me, it's that kind of word being made flesh thing. I think about that in praying the scriptures.
1: Yeah. I think about with the Psalms, um, it's something that I've pointed out to people as we've read through them. I had a group of college girls and we read through the Psalms together for, it took us almost a whole year, but we did it. We read through the, all the Psalms and I just said, watch out for where, these turn, because a lot of times the psalms, psalms, like you said, encompass a lot of stuff. There's like, we always seem to be reading the ones in the coffee shop that were like, and send your hounds to get these people and rip their flesh with their teeth. And you're just like, why are we reading this one right here in public? But there are just really a lot of different kinds of psalms. But then almost always, If not in that psalm, then the next one or the one after it spins around to the gospel and the hope that we have in God and in faith. And so I think that's like you were saying, Christy, that's a great way to just get that in your heart and in your mind is when you're praying those. Not only are you praying for people or praying in an intercessory way, but you're also reminding yourself of the gospel. And Jada, you mentioned like what he's done in the past. And that's such like scripture tells us exactly what God has done. And so that's such a good way to remember His promises and that He keeps His promises um, as we're praying.
3: Well, and if I, can, if I can just add one thing quickly back to, Jada and I have a lot of words, but a lot of words.
2: This might okay. be the least amount of words we've ever said together in public. Oh, As
3: to a, a reference professional point. Professional, right now, Jada. We, we got our professional. Hats we're trying to act public. right. We're trying to act right. So, um, <laughs> you know, but when you think about the Bible, I always say it: the Bible is the best and the truest story that's ever been told. And mm-hmm. so, praying Scripture, I also think it connects us to the story. Because I don't know about y'all, but I will start making up some stories in my head. Like, oh, that person's mad at me. Oh, I didn't do a good job on that. I let them down. I'll make up a whole story in my head that may or may not be true. But praying scripture, it connects me to the true story, to the story the living God is telling. And and then I'm able to calibrate myself. I'm able to move back in line with it and and to move forward in truth because we live in a world of stories. And we live in a world of stories in our own heads. And so part of why we need to touch the Bible and touch it often is we get off script. That will be out in a field and a heartbeat if left to myself. So scripture tethers me. It connects me. And it's the same in prayer.
1: Okay. This is the March podcast. So we always like to ask, what has marked you in your walk with Christ? But since y'all have been on and answered that question before, we thought we would ask specifically, how has prayer marked you in your walk with Christ? I know you've kind of answered that a few different ways so far, but just if you had like a, another example or another story to tell of how it's marked you. Yeah, I think,
2: I mean, there's so many ways, um, What I was talking about with intercessory prayer earlier has probably been the most recent thing. But also, I think because I'm an achiever, doer, get it done kind of person, uh, prayer has really been a point of rest for me. It is an invitation to stop, to cease the striving, and to be humble. Because very often, I still... I wish I prayed on the front end more than I do. I'm just going to be honest. I, I tend to pray when I when I'm run out of, run out of options because I I think I can figure it out and then I feel like God in his grace lets things keep piling and he goes, "Okay. I'm going to see how long you stay here." And then when everything is about to collapse, I'm like, "Oh, I don't think I prayed about this." Uh, and so trying to get there earlier, it has really become a place of rest for me because I have I have stopped in the middle of work that needs to get done and gone to bed, prayed about it. And the Lord was like, go to sleep. You're not going to figure it out tonight. Go to bed or let this go or change this commitment. Or man, it's just been so much rest that has come out of that, that just comes from handing something over uh, to God. And um, and then it, I think that fosters humility for me. It just it's a dependence, just a reminder of my dependence
3: uh, on God. That's good, Jada. I think for me, my five a.m. walks with Chester every morning with my first cup of coffee that's my prayer time. I just walk through my neighborhood, listening to the living God, and talking to Him. And I would say, when you ask me how His prayer marked me, I would say those five a.m. walks at times of prayer in the morning they literally guide my life because by the time i get home from that walk i'm centered and oriented and like on the path and ready for my day
0: yeah that's good yeah that's
2: really good yeah we're all jealous of your 5am
1: walks
3: i do them in my mind <laughs> but
1: that's what, and that counts in my in my literal yeah. dreams, I am in my bed. Uh, I'm I'm
2: like, walk. I think I'm on a walk right now, a prayer walk.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. ready for the sun <laughs> to come up around that time, so I'm like, I, I, I yeah, need it to come up a little a, bit more. That's the excuse. I'm Yeah, using right and we're sticking now. with it. That's, dark. Dark. that's true. That's true. <laughs> now, I will do
2: early. I do early morning workouts, and so if I'm getting back from my workout about six thirty, I have found, and if you're, you know we talked about this at one of the events, depending on your season of life and what your capacity is in the mornings or whatever time of day, something is better than nothing. And I have found right now with two little ones and trying to get people out the door to school. If I, when I come back from that workout in the morning, even if it's just 10 minutes in the car or a long, a 10 minute shower or in the bathroom or whatever before trying to engage with God before I engage with everybody else. And so Sometimes it's five minutes, but God is faithful. He's faithful, and then there's other times where they're gone, and I'm like, ooh, I got an hour today, you know. And so, um, I would just encourage anybody listening um, to not feel like we have it all together. <laughs> we are, we are figuring it out as as life is changing to still prioritize.
0: I think that's a good reminder, and I love how you said that. Let's engage with him before we engage with others. And so, what a great encouragement for all of us to think about every single day. So, Jada, Christy, you guys did good. Like we, you know, you you did. You did not. You passed. You passed. You did not drive the road at all today, you did Jada. Not. We mm-hmm.
3: kept it on the road. You I did. Mean, you did.
2: Well, that means the next time we're together, it could go real bad. Uh, right. <laughs> So we're all out of act right. That's right. The next time could just be.
0: (laughs) Well, I know our listeners enjoyed our conversation today, and we want you to come back next week because we have another conversation about when you pray, and it's going to be Kelly Minter and Jennifer Rothschild. You'll want to hear from them as well. So, Jada, Christy, thank you so much for being part of the Mark Podcast, and listeners, we want you to be back next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find LifeWay Women on all social media
1: channels at LifeWayWomen. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com
0: slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast.